This is MuggleCast, episode 16 for November 20th, 2005. This week's show is sponsored in part by GoDaddy.com. Get your own piece of the internet and save money along the way. For a limited time, GoDaddy.com is offering a new domain name, Transfer or Renewal, for just $1.99 with every new non-domain product you buy. Choose from hosting, website builders, email accounts, and much more. Plus, take an additional 10% off any order simply by entering Muggle, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, in your cart at checkout. So visit GoDaddy.com and save big. Now let's get to the show. Hello everybody, welcome to episode uh, 16 of MuggleCast. I'm Ben Shane, I'm back from a nice little break. I took about four episodes off there. I slept in the one that he came back on. Yeah, you guys saw the live podcast and all of that. <laughs> he didn't sleep. Yeah, he was so. close to it. I'm Ben Shane. I'm uh, Andrew Sims. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Micah Tenenbaum. Yeah, everybody, Mike is here this week. We're fresh off, uh, well, not exactly, about a w- last weekend. We a week-long high. Went to, yeah, yeah, we went to, we were all in New York City together, and we had a complete blast walking around Times Square at, what, one thirty in the morning, messing around. 2.30. Yeah, it was really late. It was quite, quite fun. Everyone pretty much had the time of their lives, except Micah, because he didn't say much. Micah? <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> Micah was sick. Micah did the most talking, actually. I I got got sick, too, but we won't go into that. Okay. (laughs) He was talking to us, Ben. I don't know about you. Yeah, Yeah, he he was was just ignoring ignoring you, Ben. He was just ignoring you, yeah. Okay. Well, since Micah's here in the conversation this week, before we get into any other announcements, I think we'll have him do this week's news. Thanks, Ben. Goblet of Fire has finally hit theaters in both the U.S. and U.K., According to the box office mojo, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire collected a staggering $36 million on its opening day, just $2 million behind Prisoner of Azkaban. Some of the stars made a few live appearances this weekend. Matt Lewis, Jamie Waylett, and Devin Murray all greeted fans Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the National Comic Book Art and Sci-Fi Expo in New York City. Additionally, James and Oliver Phelps were at the Hollywood Boulevard Theater in Woodridge, Illinois yesterday signing autographs. Empire Magazine has conducted a series of interviews over the past week with members of the cast and crew, including Michael Gambon, David Heyman, and Mike Newell. Of course, you can check out tons of pictures, video clips, and other interviews Goblet of Fire related over on MuggleNet's main page. Our New York City podcast at Barnes & Noble in Union Square was a huge success. The New York Post wrote a great article on the event, and you can check out a gallery of close to 200 pictures from last weekend. Transcript and video of the event are coming shortly. Finally, Time Magazine has asked visitors to start voting on who they think should be featured as their person of the year, and one person under consideration is J.K. Rowling. The Potter author is up against U2 lead singer Bono, so Andrew's going to have a hard time deciding, Steve Jobs, the Google guys, and Mother Nature herself in relation to Hurricane Katrina. Time's choice will be revealed on December 18th. That's all the news for this November 20th, 2005 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. That was wonderful, Micah. Now, I think we have a few announcements to make, maybe. For, we have a major announcement, but you won't be able to listen to it here. You'll have to go over and download the special edition of MuggleCast, which will probably be... Oh, sorry, excuse me, it's called The Leaky Mug, which will be out later this week. We announce another live podcast, and it's going to be quite a blast. You're all going to be invited and it's going to be quite fun. Andrew, do you have anything else to add? I don't know. Is there anything we need to say? Yeah, Back to th- you, Ben. How, no, how about, <laughs> oh. how about thanks for everybody who came out to New York because it was the best weekend of my life, and it probably should have been the best weekend of all your lives, too. Oh, it was. Yay! I'm telling you. Uh, even though so, you, you guys everyone... all got to see the movie, and you know I didn't. But yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, ben, you got really annoying with that at the live show. Mike, Mike and I stayed and and manned the fort for Muggle Night at the Barnes Noble, which went flawless, pretty much. And do we have video of that yet, guys? Do we have? Um, it'll it'll pro- I think it'll be up soon. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. Let's hope. Well, we need to talk with the woman who d- did the video, but we do have a couple announcements. Um, Exposure yeah. announcements. Ooh. Um. Well, first of all. We, as we boasted about on the main page, we finally, finally, finally <laughs> got mentioned on the iTunes 
main page under new and notable. It only right. took. It's about time. Now, I, I'm really glad that they finally gave us the plug. Um, our server company, Limelight Media Networks, actually helped us get on there. Um, so that's really cool. Um, I'm kind of sad now because now I can't brag that we're the number one unpromoted podcast. <laughs> yeah. But still, but we still, were the really number cool. one unpromoted podcast. <laughs> well, we're up to we're like right, number right, fifteen right now, so that's good. That's not bad. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right before we, um, right before we got promoted on the li- on iTunes, doing notable, we moved up to number fifteen, and then, no, excuse me, we moved up to number twenty, and then once we got promoted, then all of a sudden we shot up to fifteen, 15 and now and, we're at fourteen. And strangely, right that was right after Ben started to leave the cast. That we got from oh, no, 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 no. And then also, um, ben, ben of course, awesome. so Goblet of Fire has been, you know, all over the news this week. Oh. And we've been mentioned in some places. You know, we've gotten a little plug. Um, there was an article There was an article in the New York Post where they covered the live podcast, and they basically, they, they basically <laughs> butchered all of our quotes. They said that when Andrew introduced Kevin, he said, backwards compatible with everything but basic HTML. And <laughs> What's wrong the, with the that? The New York Post... Hold on, hold on. The New York Post misinterpreted as saying basically compatible with everything, but basic <laughs> HTML. I don't know. It was just that they, they, they pushed some quotes, but it was it was good to get the uh, the media attention. I enjoyed it. They couldn't even and spell Voldemort it was quite fun. or say Voldemort. Do you know that? Was, you know who? Voldemort. Voldemort. Oh God. Okay. We were we were also mentioned on a Swedish radio the other day. They were talking. They were saying how they should, uh, we should, or they should check out um, MuggleCast, which is pretty cool. Hmm. I don't have the name of the person who pointed it out specifically, but thanks for for letting us know. See, we even mentioned in Sweden. That's really cool. Who would have known? Known. And now we've Not all had. actually we've all actually seen each other, which was really cool. Seeing all you guys and we're all hanging out in Emerson's hotel room. That was cool beans. It was Emerson's hotel room. <laughs> it was mine. It was hotel our room. hotel room. I well, own that right. hotel room. And then, of course, it was funny because um, one thing, like, when we were walking around Times Square, I kept thinking that we would be spotted. Like, a fan would come up and say, oh, hey, but I know no- you guys, nobody. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody. Andrew and I nobody were talking. Nobody did, but oh. wait, but wait. <laughs> the day after, on Sunday, we got <laughs> spotted three times. Once in yeah. our hotel room, once on the street somewhere random, and once in the NBC Experience store. <laughs> That's because the girl there had just been to the podcast. And Micah got spotted walking me walking to the Port Authority. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? So four yeah. times. That's really cool. That's funny. So. Interesting. Huh. So uh, the live podcast was a success, and we're going to do it again. For details on that, once again, listen to the latest joint up, joint podcast between Leaky Cauldron and Michael right. That you left me out of. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, the one I accidentally left Kevin yeah, out and of. Me. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> and me. And me. And, Eric. and me. And me. <laughs> Ed Micah, sorry everybody. Uh, okay. Andrew, we recently did an interview with Joe Falter from MillionairePlayboy.com regarding a Goblet of Fire Lego contest. Is this correct, or a Harry oh, Potter Lego contest? Well, that that that's right, Ben, and uh, we have some results and winners. So uh, let's take a listen uh, to that interview right now. All right. So once again, we are joined by Joe Fulton of MillionairePlayboy.com to announce the winners. Winners of the Harry Potter Custom Lego Contest. That's right. I'm glad to be back. Uh, we actually extended the contest, one, because of your live podcast, but two, we were getting such great entries. Uh, I wanted yeah. to give people some extra time in giving us uh, some uh, great Harry Potter scenes from book six. And uh, if you go to millionaireplayboy.com right now, you'll be able to see all the entries that we had for the contest, including the uh, two winners. And by the time, what we mean by two winners is, well, one, there is the first place winner that will win both of the Lego uh, sets that we were giving away. But we have an honorable mention because this person produced so many different Lego <laughs> uh, scenes for us that we felt that they needed to get an extra prize just for that. And they all look great, too. Oh, yeah. they're. they're I think they're uh, wonderful. And it's actually amazing to see the variety of different scenes that people picked. I yeah. mean, obviously the most popular ones were the uh the scenes of uh I guess I'm not sure what the magical <laughs> spell is, but of uh, Her- uh Harry sh- uh hitting a Malfoy with that spell uh that he gets from the book. Right. Just all the uh, I was just impressed in the first place by all of them because 
we haven't seen any pictures or yet from like you know there hasn't been any movie clues yet as to what you would expect it to look like but i think mm-hmm. a lot of people really captured the detail that was needed yeah. yeah that's that's what's that's the other good great thing about this i mean and they're using you know lego sets from you know variety of different lego sets uh not are just not even harry potter some of these sets are from other sets that don't even have anything to do with that and yeah. they actually Smart put them thinking. together and uh, created some great stuff right so i guess we should get to the uh the winner yes First place is... First place goes to Peter Hensey for Rise of the Inferi. Uh, his description was, is it's set to the chapter of the cave from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince where the undead Inferi rise out of the Black Lake to drown Harry and Dumbledore. It's an excellent depiction. Yes. I, it's it actually, really does look great. It's very action-oriented, which is uh, probably one of the main yeah. reasons why uh, it got so many different votes from all the judges. Uh, if you look, he uh, created, he even created uh, the staff of uh, Dumbledore shooting out fire. And the fire the, going around. Yeah, at, at the Inferary. And uh, they're, one of them's duck, almost like ducking because yeah. of it, uh, while the other ones are coming towards them. And uh, just it's, a great depiction. Yeah, it, it really is. So they won the Harry Potter Lego graveyard scene from the new Goblet of Fire series. As well as the, one. as yeah. well as the uh, the the dragon set. So congrats to Peter, yeah. and then runner up with how many did you say she entered six? She entered about five or six of them. Uh, she goes by the name of Alice in Muggleland, or her real name's Alice Merrill, and uh, she's getting an honorable mention uh, because she one produced so many, but second the second uh, she came in second place with her entry one one's lip lock. And uh, that's a depiction of uh, when Ron Weasley snogging Lavender Brown. Exactly. And if you look at it, the details in it are just amazing as well. Uh, she yeah. has the uh, the fat lady uh, picture on the doorway there and even uh, the uh, symbol up in the corner. Yeah, and, she put uh, some extra work into this one. Yes, yeah, she you did. You can see have... Crookshanks. Mm-hmm. It's all and, there. And little so. Hermione... Uh, minifigure actually walking away, very upset that uh, yeah. Lavender and uh, Ron are snogging. It looks like he got she got an angry face too. So she paid yep. attention to detail. Yes, she that's did, wh- and she built a lot of sets. So that's why mm-hmm. she gets yes. this prestigious award. And uh, so, why don't you tell uh, what she won as her honorable mention? She won a Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Bo Batten's hoodie from Warner Brothers. So, congrats to her. Well, congratulations to everybody uh, who won, and uh, you know, uh, congrats to everyone who actually pr- produced these great scenes. And like I said, you can see these at MillionairePlayboy.com, and uh, check them out because uh, you have some very talented people out there. No, oh, I thank you. I, I raised them well. <laughs> they will. Uh, the link will also be in the show notes in our show notes at MuggleCast.com. Thanks, Joe. Oh, no problem. Congrats to all of you who sent in your entries, and good job to the winners. Okay, now moving on. The movie is now has now been released in the United States, the UK, and various other countries throughout the world, and we thought it would be prudent to discuss it. So if you have not seen the movie yet and you do not want to be spoiled, I recommend you stop the podcast right now. Okay. And- yes. Sorry. Andrew, Andrew, Kevin, and myself... All saw the movie on at, at at the domestic premiere, which was really quite awesome Don't because we were in the we were in the same theater as the, as the likes of Tim Robbins, Steven Spielberg, uh, the entire Harry Potter cast. It was, it was actually just quite a rush. It was actually in, like exactly one week ago, like up to the hour, minute, seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were watching it right now a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. And uh, Micah was running around like a lunatic getting audio equipment that we didn't have, and I was standing on stage trying to entertain the rowdy fans. Anyway, I have seen the movie <laughs> twice by now. Micah has seen it also. Is that correct, Micah? Well, uh, well. anyways, so M- Micah got to see the movie on Monday. He got to see it early yeah. also. So you guys listened. <laughs> so if some of you didn't listen to the live podcast, we're just going to review our thoughts about the movie and basically discuss what we thought was the best, what we didn't like about it. However, I'm going to start off since... I got, I sort of got, I didn't get to say as much in the live podcast about the movie, but here's what I thought about it. I thought 
it was the best movie considering what they were given to work with. Transferring in a 735-page book to a two-and-a-half-hour movie is really quite difficult, and Mike Newell had quite a job to do, and I think he did a very excellent job doing it. However, I think the movie is not... Some, people who are not going to like it are going to be people who have never read the books and also people who basically are Harry Potter purists and they don't like it when they cut things out. Did you, do you guys agree with me there? It, well, I don't think that any of the movies are for Harry Potter purists. Do you? I mean... I, I, I see what you're saying, but I'm saying that a lot of times these pe people who are overly obsessed with Harry Potter and they think, well, I want absolutely every scene in here, they'll be upset. They want to they chuck things at their screen, you know ben, their popcorn. Ben, ben I, I think this was the uh, most generous film to all the purists. I mean, what did they cut out? Besides, I mean, besides the house elves, all right? Quidditch World Cup. <laughs> the Dursleys. What I'm talking about with Harry Potter purists is the things... They'll, they'll get mad when you cut just a tiny scene. Yeah. Like, like, like at the very end where of the book where Harry goes and talks to Hagrid about everything's going to change now, and then Hagrid basically tells him that, well, we'll have, we'll have to cross that bridge till we come to it. Times are going to get rough. And then also Dumbledore calling all the Order of the Phoenix. That was supposed to be cued in for the next yeah, book. Yeah, I wanted that in the there. next movie. I did want that in there. Yeah. But although I mean I think we said anyway, it on um, the live podcast, they hinted at it. They, they well, what I of... what I had really had a problem with is that the movie moved incredibly fast. No, it didn't. You never really. It did. You no, know, let, let, just, just, just hear, me, hear me out here. You never really got an opportunity to soak things in. You never. In, in Prisoner of Azkaban, there'd be a really dramatic scene or whatever, and then Kiron would take a moment and have a shot of the Whomping Willow killing a bird or something like that. Five and, times. And it, but, I know, but it would just be a great opportunity for you to think about what just happened and then get a nice little shot of the scenery you know and we, Kir you know we Kiron's artistic point of view. And with Goblet of Fire, Newell sort of got rid of that, and it was just... You know, Harry all of a sudden, Harry gets back from the graveyard. Oh, Moody's going to kill him now. Oh, it just all moves so incredibly fast. There wasn't an opportunity to savor the moment like there was with the previous films. All right. The, there you go. The only reason we had time to soak things in in POA was because Quaron cut so much out that he didn't know what to do with what he had left. So he, he added a little dramatic moment before the next thing that he decided not to cut out could go into the film. That's my, I mean, that's my point of view. Um, Goblet of Fire. Oh, the, that, that's complete. No way. That's completely bogus. Uh, if we look at if we look at Prisoner of Azkaban, he may have left out a, a few parts here and there. But the thing, but if we look at the comparison to what was cut in Prisoner of Azkaban to what was cut in Goblet of Fire, and there's no there's no comparison because the movies are exactly the same length, nearly the same length. And in Goblet of Fire, they basically butchered half. No, the movie I thought Goblet. I thought Goblet did it did the best job of condensing. I really thought it did. It I, had, I did too. I and, think and overall it was the best movie of the Harry Potter movies. The thing, the thing I think, and I, I'll sum GOF up in in one word. The Goblet of Fire movie summed up in one word is respect. That's that's exactly what it is. It's respect. It's it's attention, attention to the characters. Goblet of Fire is a character movie. We finally saw the Weasley twins as the Weasley twins. We got to see a ton of Hermione, and, and not to mention a ton of Booksmart's Hermione, in addition to a ton of more girly Hermione. We got to see, and it was character-driven. We got to, it was just a character movie. And it, it feels like, seeing the movie twice, it really feels that all the plot moments and things were thrown in the background. I mean, you know, even the even right. the Voldemort scene does not focus on the fact that you know Voldemort's back and the whole world's going to be Im impacted. It focuses more on Voldemort as a character. But and, but at right, the same I, time, I agree with Ben that it was very very fast. Like everything right, was so condensed. The beginning that well, even even in the middle of the movie, it's it's not the type of movie you want to get up and go for a bathroom break or anything because you'll yeah. miss something major. That is There's true. Always Why should you anyway? Major going on. Yeah, you shouldn't. Andrew was right. Use yeah. the bathroom before you see the movie. That's <laughs> stupid. Right, but what personally, what I'm thinking about this movie is that I agree that it, it probably is the best is the best yet. But what I what I really like to get the point of view from is a fan who has never read any of the books and see what, no, what well, exactly they thought about people it. People have said. Okay. That, yeah. Well, here's an example that Ben's gonna love. My sister. 
Um, she was t talking to her friend about the movie today, and her biggest... She, not even she liked how they were missing stuff, but she hasn't read the book in five years. So there were some visible differences. Mm -hmm. There were some vis visible cuts, like Molly Weasley not being in the movie at all. Right. That was yeah, huge. Right. She's popular. Yeah. She's a pop... You know, people like seeing her in the movies. She's something right. light to add to the dark movie. Mm -hmm. But going back to what Eric was saying for a minute about how this movie was really character-driven... Well, there was a, there was a review post um, published in the Miami Herald about the movie, and it was basically saying how they they sort of Hermione basically became Harry. I'm worried for you, Harry. I don't want you to get hurt. No. And it really lost the it really lost the subplot. Basically, what advice she offers and things like that. Yeah. You know, we, Harry Harry was really having trouble with the summoning charm, and he had the practice to get that down. And in the movie. Akio Firebolt, and it just came flying yeah. to him. He didn't. He didn't have to Moody's, work at that yes. at all, yeah. and just things like that. I don't know. It sort of. It really removed Hermione's, like part of her importance to. She just uh, looks like a mother now. Series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's. I don't know. It's. It's interesting. Um, I do understand what Ben. I do understand what you're saying, and I. I do agree with you on certain levels. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, people feel... better get used to it because yeah, exactly. now we I have mean, book five. It's going to yeah. be an even bigger book, and we're going to even be seeing even more cuts, and even more people are going to be upset. Exactly. Yeah. People who have not seen – or sorry, read the books um, are getting lost with this movie. And, you know, they, they are because of the cuts that they had to make about establishing who's saying what to wear, I mean, you know, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So – it's just, but I think the people who have read the books are generally, I mean, just look at our poll among them, are very satisfied with how, you know, attention-driven this this movie was. And, and in certain ways, yes, there was no time to think about it. But my perspective, one of the first time I saw the movie um, on Thursday at midnight, I went and I had thought we were about an hour into the movie, and I figured, wow, because we still had to see the Yule Ball, we still had to see the second task, we still had to see the third task, and Voldemort, and the resolution, and Cedric's death, and all that stuff. I knew, and I, I was thinking of what they still had to show, and I knew it was so big that they wouldn't cut it. So the movie actually seemed to be really long for me, and actually a really good use of two and a half hours. Yeah, the problem that I had with the movie is that it sort of seemed a bit chopped up. I mean, the way they... The way the we already discussed it. But together. I thought it flowed. I, actually I know, but I'm just saying that... It all of a sudden, we're okay. We're at the second task, and then, you know, just zoom. And you, you know, you said there wasn't room for a bathroom break, but it it all depends on what you what, how you like things like that. If you're a big fan of action-packed movies, then this is really a movie for you. But if you're if you're a fan of I don't know, it all depends what kind of movies you like. I don't know if you if you see a film with. Choppy animation. I thought Prisoner of Azkaban had more choppy animation. They showed more of the story, but it was choppy animation. And I to, think, to be honest, I hated Prisoner of Azkaban. I, I think Goblet did flows. not like that. I did not like that movie at all. Even yeah, though, it was yeah, weak. even though it, you, it really have, was. Guys, even at the beginning of Goblet of Fire, it does. You were, you guys were perfectly on on spot in the live podcast when you said Target. ten minutes in, you're at Hogwarts, because that's how it was. I mean that, that's that's a, that's exactly how it was. Yeah. But I thought it really truly flowed well with them. Yeah, they did cut out the actual match of the cup, but you could f follow them. You could follow them into what they were doing, and I thought it was a tremendous, uh, great, great way of coming into it when they trans, uh, when they went from be beginning of the match to the Death Eaters. Uh, with everybody celebrating, with Fred and George dancing around like lunatics, and then Mr. Weasley coming in and saying, "That's not the Irish." I mean that was and it you know trans yeah. it just transferred it flows very well so yeah because you like knew what was hap it didn't happen all suddenly it was sort of like a slow transition it was a trans yeah like because they were still having fun even when uh we uh, Mr Weasley still knew knew what was happening outside yeah and it was that interesting. was good like I wasn't sitting through Goblet of Fire thinking okay they needed a classroom scene here. I was actually fine with just the one classroom scene, the unforgivable. That, that was another thing that my sister had complained about was because uh. there was no classroom scenes. Because like the non-hard, no, no, I'm using her as an example. The non-hardcores, um, they like the classroom stuff because yeah. it brings back the general classic Harry Potter, I agree basic with that. generic, blah 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 blah. So. Uh, I was kind of upset. I mean, there was only yeah. one scene with the classroom. That's true. Yeah, Mad well, I don't know. I don't know. Because, as I said before, 
New Newell had quite a task on his hand, and he had to be able to. Oh, I don't know how he did, did all the necessary things. Yeah, in. and and either way, and he was the, going to the, cut that out was the, something that would, mm-hmm. you know, make other people but, angry. Either way, right? But that that was the one scene or the well, maze, there was dance class. You know? You guys can't forget dance class when they got on the ground. Oh, I mean, funny. Yeah, yeah, but that wasn't that right. was awesome. But, yeah, that but what I'm trying to say is that was the one crucial cl- classroom scene that needed to be in because they had to explain the unforgivable curses. And once they did that, I don't think there was really a need for all the other classroom scenes, you know, with the potions. And yeah, that. but it brings back the classic right. HP Feel back of the, to the books. Exactly, yeah. Can I bring something up for a second? Um, I want to hear, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear what Micah Tannenbaum has to say. Yeah, I was just going to say. Well... I thought that this was the best movie by far. Like Kevin said, I didn't like Prisoner of Azkaban very much, but there was something, I want to know what you guys thought, that was kind of left out in this movie, and we only had one correspondence with Sirius, and the relationship with Sirius has not been built very well throughout these movies. When he kicks the can in the next movie, are we going to really see like a close relationship here? Eric, this is what do the you most think? important thing. Thank you, Ben. This is the most important thing they have to do with Movie 5. They spent Movie 4 working on the characters that were already established. Like, Hagrid got a lot of good good things in, and all the students did. You know, the Weasley twins. Ginny got a lot in in this movie. Now what they're going to have to do in Order of the Phoenix is establish the past. And mm-hmm. everything with the past. How Dumbledore, they want. how Dumbledore, the Potters, all the Order, what it was like when Voldemort used to reign, because he's back now, and Movie 5 is all going to have to be about the prophecy and what happened in the past. So, with Sirius and the, the entire Order in Grimald Place, they're going to have to do a lot of backstory, a lot of true acting on the adults' part this time around. Um, trying to understand how this is like, because... Sirius has to show Harry all about his family and all about the tree and all about this past thing. But at the same time, they also have to show how Sirius is, is, is shunned from, from the actual order because of his, his, you know, his danger and you know, he can't leave Grimald Place. And they also have to, this is going to tear me apart, they also have to show Harry really pissed off at everybody. And I think Dan Radcliffe took a tremendous leap in Goblet of Fire. I mean, a tremendous Tremendous acting leap. I, I love Dan in this movie. He did such a wonderful job, and it's going to be a real pain in Order of the Phoenix to see him play a really angsty, angsty, ticked-off-at-everybody Harry because I think he did the Harry in this movie so well, and they... I mean, it's just amazing. So, But in answer to Micah's question, I yeah. think they're going to have to spend a lot of time on... The adults the establishing, yeah, establishing definitely. the relationship, and I think I think they're they're going to have a heck of a time doing that and still having the plot and with Umbridge at school and all this stuff. But I I would I would not care if they cut more school stuff out to to use the actual like Grimmauld Place and more you, like what Harry's parents were like in the now. Place. Now, do you think they're okay, going I'm, to include a lot of Umbridge? They have to in a way because yeah, yeah. but they had that's what people were saying about Rita Skeeter, right? Uh, well, they it's kind of she might know. I think the movies, that? what they're doing with the movies, they're avoiding it, is corruption in government. And they need to get it into the movies somehow. And I think they've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And if they don't do it in movie five, it's never going to happen in the movies. I really doubt right, it. Right, and, and so yeah, I that's think that's one of the best parts of was, To what Micah was saying about establishing the relationship with Sirius and all that. I think it's movie five. I have no idea how they're going to be able to fit that in the two and a half hours. Yeah. If there are peers who are upset about movie four, then when movie five comes around, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think people just have to realize that things have to be cut. You know, mm-hmm. and the director does the best job they can with it. And, you know, that's what has got to be done. And have we heard anything about the length of this? Are they still shooting for two and a half hours? We should have asked Taman that. The red that carpet. would have been a really good question. We'll track All we down. know is that they're starting February or filming in late February. I think, guys, do you agree with me on this? That the Department of Minis- uh, Mysteries scene itself and the final battle could be like 45 minutes of video? 
I, I completely agree with you. I think it could be. Yes, I think but I, I think, don't think, I think it Order will the be. Phoenix could be a twenty-hour movie. It, <laughs> honestly, it could be too because they need to establish. I, I mean, movie four, movie five, the rundown, a uh, very short rundown. They have to do the Dementors on Privet Drive. So the, I mean, do you think could they cut it? I I I really, it's it's really big thing. But if they do that, do they have to put Mrs. Fig in? Can you guys imagine them trying? I I, I think you know, they could cut that. To be you think? Well, but I, I think it would be a good is... transition to introduce the order. I think what they're going Ooh. to do is instead of introducing the order in this movie, they're going to have the Dementors attack and have them show up somehow, and that's when they're going to introduce them. Well, what, what, where's what I see happening? I see <clears throat> basically Harry getting attacked on Privet Drive, then Miss Fig coming out yelling, screaming, whatever. Then Harry automatically, instead of waiting three days like it does in the book when he's locked in his room and all that, Harry automatically gets swept away by the Order yep. of the Phoenix. They go, they go to Grimald Place. We're not going to see Grimald Place like we have in the past, where it's basically, you know, like I mean, when, in the movie, I mean, excuse me, in the book, we see a lot of Grimald Place because Harry's waiting for his trial. We hear, we we see more of the real Professor Moody and things yep. like that. Well, I see that getting condensed down. Then Harry going to his trial, then basically saying, "Well, you're you're still at Hogwarts, whatever." Hogwarts is going to get, I don't know. That's probably going to be the most condensed part because the Department of Mystery stuff is probably the most crucial. Because it's all about the prophecy part of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and that sets up the rest of the series. So you know what you else they have to it. do? They have to show. Uh, Brendan Gleeson as Moody. They have to actually. M- Moody has to act a completely different character. So, so either they'll show him able to do that, or they won't show much of Moody in five. But it's going to be confusing for the people who just wa- re- watch the movies if they don't establish Moody as a different character. There'll be people who still think he's a bad guy. Do you guys I think, think that, that was pretty well, well established well, no, no, at the end of the fourth movie? That it was. Yeah, guy. I think that was pretty well established. Well, yeah, and of course they'll have to. Uh, you know, when Harry... There's the line in the book where Harry says, Professor Moody? And then Moody responds, Well, I didn't get around to... I don't know if you can call me Professor because yeah. I didn't get around to much teaching but, last year yeah. because... But you know what i really like to see? I would like to see Lupin... I mean, da- sorry, David Thewlis and, you know, Brendan Gleeson and everybody in Privet Drive with the Dursleys. I just want to see that happening. I don't know. David Yates, the director of... Of Order of the Phoenix is going to have quite a job on his hands, even more than New All Day. Uh, and also, we we have a new screenwriter too. What? It's it's no longer Steve Cloves. Steve Cloves? No, we don't it's have. It's Michael Steve. Goldenberg. Michael we Goldenberg is the new Cloves screenwriter. Anymore. So it looks. I don't know. This new movie that? is going. Order of the Phoenix going. It's is going, going to be, be something unique. Yeah. yeah, something different because. Well, the problem with Steve. David Yates is he hasn't done any movies. Well, he has, but... He's done TV oh, kind he, of movies. His yeah. main... Right. He's done a lot of TV movies. Um, it's going to be interesting to follow. He's a but, Brit, but then again, so... How are they... J.K. Rowling... Isn't, isn't it the case that J.K. Rowling has to approve the script? I'm pretty sure they run everything by her. That's that's so at the very minimum. I'm sure because what I'm sure JKR is not going to let them completely destroy. Well, it's not that. It's that what if they include? What if they exclude something that is vital to the book seven plot, and we don't realize it yet? So she has to look over it because what happens when they get to the movie? Well, they've already screwed that up. And and then again, they didn't. She she remarked the other day that she hadn't seen movie four yet. Well, she's seen it now. She's seen it now, but I mean, if she hasn't. No, no, but but she read the script. I mean, she signs off on everything. Exactly. Right. Well, Kevin, like you just said, the Dementor attack on Dudley. Isn't that supposed to be revealed what he saw in book seven? So isn't won't you need to include that in the fifth movie? Well, I, but I, is I that see going, chopping but off is that both going parts. to be a vital part of book seven? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I, I don't liked know. what they did. I liked what they did in Goblet of Fire with Adrian Rollins and Geraldine Summersberg, Summersville, the Lillian Potter. Li, I'm sorry, Lillian James in Goblet of Fire. We saw them and we heard them. I liked that. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was incredible, and I'd like to see the pensive scene with them in the past. 
and the Marauders in the Past. Because that's one of the things that was cut out of Prisoner of Azkaban is the Marauders in the Past. Will it ever make it in the movies? I don't know. All I know is they really should start showing what happened bef- when Voldemort was powerful the first time. Because that's such a needed input. Like, it just occurred to me upon watching Goblet of Fire the second time that the name Riddle had already been established in Chamber of Secrets, the movie. It, you know, Tom Marvel of Riddle. It didn't occur to me. And that's because there's s- so little past and so little much of the past in the movies. And I think we need more of that. Yeah. Okay, well, I have an idea here. Okay. Andrew... Starting with Andrew, say what your favorite scene in the movie was and why. Ben, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> okay. Oh, I gotta think about that one for a second. I'll go. I can go. Okay, Kevin. Yeah, yeah go ahead. You first. I was thrilled with the dragon scene. That was cool. I don't think it wasn't. That was gonna be my choice. Yeah, it wasn't because you know I did like other scenes because of the emotion of the scene and how it was constructed, but just the action of the dragon scene was just amazing. And you know it, what they did? What? You know, I'm sorry, Kevin. You know what they did with the uh, the whole dragon scene is they established a Columbus slash Quaron slash Newell Hogwarts that finally agreed with itself. And oh, yeah. Also, yeah. also, and also, all of the video games. If you look at the Chamber of Secrets video game, the archways and the dock, the harbor at Hogwarts is finally established. It's actually in the movie. The the stuff from the video games in the past, and and you know the things that. Yeah, were well, ne- they're making it more like the movie. Has anyone played the Goblet of Fire video game yet? I think it would be awesome. I haven't. No. I haven't played it, but it's got to no. be cool. They have to send but us copies. We should, we should, no, we should all just play it and do a review on it. Yeah. Um, but actually, getting back to the second task. Yeah. You know what I really would have liked to seen when he, um, when he, us, how do you pronounce it? Osio Fireball. He called Akio. Akio. Uh, did he? Akio Fire. When he said Akio Fireball, I would have liked to seen the Fireball, like lift up. Yeah. And break head free. for the. Right. No, like that oh, would have yeah. been cool, cool like, shot. Like, like cut hanging, scene have the camera. Yep. Right. Flashback well, I would have liked seen like Harry the... and the Firebolt, like back and forth. Well, that would have been kind of corny, but well, I don't know. I think that it would have been pretty cool. Because that's, that's what Fred and that's what Fred. But that would have been just they? cool to see, like, hear him yell Akio Firebolt and had the camera yeah. just fly back to Hogwarts, see it lift up, and then go back. Yeah, that would have been a really be cool. cool shot. Um, don't Fred I was and George, sort of hoping for that. Guys, don't Fred and George do that in movie, in book five with theirs when what? they ta- when they take off? Don't they? Don't their brooms break free from the chains to go? Yeah, yeah. Don't they, from yeah. Umbridge's chains. So there might be a chance to do that. Yet, if they wanted it, because that'd be cool flying through the halls of Hogwarts, and, you know, kind of broomsticks camera. But well, since you guys pretty much agree that your favorite scene was the dragon second task, my favorite—I I, don't—I don't. That was an awesome scene. I agree with you guys. But what my favorite scene was was the graveyard. I thought that was about the ben, coolest that's, thing ben, ever. Ben, that's it, my favorite see, scene. You, yeah. Sorry, Eric, but we'll, 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 we'll discuss this. Hold on. <laughs> what I thought was awesome no was when, you, you know, when um, Peter, when Wormtail was basically brewing the potion and getting ready to cut off his arm and then Cedric and Harry come there and they're all confused and then... Cedric get, just drops dead, and oh, that, I just thought it was sweet to see Lord Voldemort in the flesh, and it was great. And then even what like the most you know, emotional cool. scene in the movie, we talked about this in the live podcast, was when they was after Priori and Cantantum when the the wands were connected, which they didn't explain what happened there either. Basically, after that happened, and then Harry grabs a portkey, Cedric's body, and goes back. They're laying, they're laying there on the ground, and then everyone thinks they've won, and then Fleur lets out the scream, and that really moved a lot of people to tears. And I didn't cry, but I saw you everyone cry. around me was. And I saw you oh, cry. Part of the act, Ben. Um, Eric, what, what did you think? I agree with Ben. Ben's entirely right on this, and that's, that's true. Um, my, it's a matter of opinion. It's a my, of opinion. Well, my particular fascination with the, with the uh, graveyard scene was Voldemort. And not just Voldemort, but how... I mean, Ben used the term in the flesh. And that's exactly what he was. 
He was in the flesh. That's all he was. And, he, you know, Voldemort wasn't done up with a thousand special effects. He was done up with 100 pounds of makeup, probably. But that's beside the point. What I mean is, you saw Voldemort, as he had been before he fell, in person, standing there right next to Lucius, standing and, and threatening them, and just standing. He exists. That's the scariest thing in the world to me. He wasn't, he wasn't necessarily scary. He was ugly. But... Just his fact that the, he commands respect. His presence on that graveyard ground just commands this this reach into the past at who he was, who he is, and why he's threatening, and why they all look up to him, and, and this, this evil that was so well represented by Ray Fiennes. And I just want to see more of it, is, is all I'm saying. I want to see more of Voldemort, and he was so real and so personable and so crazy. I mean... I, I think the, I think the coolest scene in movie five has to be Dumbledore and the Dark Lord dueling in the Department of Mysteries. Which is going to be that is my that is my favorite part of all the books. You know when Dumbledore comes up yeah. and says, "You shouldn't have come here tonight, Tom," and oh, that was just incredible. Micah, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just so. Oh. Micah, my what favorite, do you think? I'm a sap, guys. Well, what do you think? Yeah, Micah, what's your favorite scene? I in the talked movie? about this with Andrew, and. Uh, Hand, definitely the best scene was Flitwick crowd surfing during the new ball. <laughs> What's that Flitwick, though? I don't... Yeah. It is that, because they totally... Because Quaron changed him. And I don't. I never understood yeah. if that's Flitwick or not, because they never really... It's, it kind of sounds like him when Hagrid stabs his fork through him, but, <laughs> I mean... Well, what about what about movie one? Wasn't Flitwick a guy with a white beard and stuff? <laughs> yeah, so I never understood. Yeah, like, I saw the guy there. Completely. Yeah, I looked. They made the, him more classy. I know. No, I like. I actually like the new Flitwick. Um, but it's just that they never really established it. They never really have him say anything that would give us that connection. Now, I actually watched the credits all the way through because I thought there was something special at the end, which there actually wasn't in my reel. Did you guys see anything special at the end? Do you hear about that? No. Uh, no. I don't know. Okay. The only thing is, at the very end, it says no dragons were harmed in the creation of this film. <laughs> which is really cool. But um, there was no special video like Lockhart or anything like COS. But um, anyway, it, it does credit Warwick Davis. So I was thinking, I was like, was that Flitwick? Because if it was, I think it's really funny. And I actually like the more, you know, pseudo Flitwick. But he, they never really, I, I didn't think they never really explained that. So I, didn't, I wasn't sure if that was Flitwick or if he just existed to uh, lead the non-existent choir and the chorus and the band, hmm. which now exists. Yeah, it was just supposed to be a joke, though. I mean, definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely the graveyard scene. I agree with. with <laughs> well, no, it was cool. It was it was cool. And uh, the crowd surfing was. Well, was really cool. okay. I, I have an idea here. Okay, I'm gonna ask each and every one of you to go around, say what would you okay out of out of a scale of ten out of a scale of ten, what what would you give the movie? Ten being the best. Eric, you first. I'm gonna have to go with thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen. I have to go with th I have to go with thirteen, Ben. It, wait, you have to specify as a as a Harry Potter movie or as a movie in general. A good point. Okay, as a movie in general, I'll take it down to. I don't know. I'm still up in eight and a half, nine because uh, yeah, it I would give is, it an eight as a movie. Yeah, yeah. as as a gen just as a movie because it's the biggest budget film, but yet yeah y yeah. But they did so much with the money they had, and I don't mean in terms of special effects, because the the special effects scenes weren't the ones that, that amazed me. It was the actor scenes that amazed me, and how they developed Ron, and how they developed Dan's character, and you know everybody, the character. And there were some there were some incredible actors in this movie. Brendan Gleeson did a phenomenal. He did, job. which is yeah, Mad Eye Moody was yeah. hilarious. And I, I thought I thought that was incredible. I so ha I, f I have to see him as regular Moody. I just have to see how he does it because he's such—he's so great at being the the kind of demented, uh, demented Moody who sticks his tongue out at McGonagall after the ferret scene. I mean, that was just funny. Right, and Andrew, what do you think? Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I would say yeah. a nine. Um, because Why? because it just because, and I know this really isn't Warner Brothers' fault, but just because it wasn't all there. It was still the best movie. That's true. The other ones I would give like a one and a two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not that low. Micah, Micah, what would you give it? Yep. Uh, nine. 
I, I think, well, what you said before, taking a 735-page book and putting it into two and a half hours uh, was definitely a job well done, and I didn't like Prisoner of Azkaban either. So this, in my opinion, was the best movie by far. Oh, can I do something? Okay, well, well, I need to give my rating first okay, here. Cool. I think that when you compare it to the other Harry Potter movies, it's, a, I don't know, it's better than Prisoner of Azkaban. And it's definitely, it's certainly better than the first two. So I'd give it uh, an 8. An 8 in terms of Harry Potter movies. And just as a movie in general, probably about the same. I think I think, I think it was headed in the right direction. There, of course, could have been some things they need to work on with it. But, you know, there's only so much time you have to do things. I have a so question. Is, is Columbus to blame for the first two movies not being as good? I, I happen. To, I, I love the first two movies. Uh, what, what, here's what I feel about the first two movies. They, I thought the first two movies were really good. They were probably the truest. They probably extremely true to the book. And the first two movies is actually are actually what got me into the Harry Potter series. Thank you, to begin Ben. With. Ben, I'm, I'm flying down to your house, and I'm just. It really makes me angry. It See, re- the thing is, I think it, that it he had a huge task on his hands. I mean, look at it. He had to set up. He was the one who set up the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, all these, all the pre- movies after it have him to thank for setting it up for them. So although they may not be the best movies, they were the best movies for setting up the series so other directors could take it and do their own thing with it. It really makes me angry when people say that the first two movies absolutely sucked because it's not true. It's not true at all because the first two movies... They were very true to the books, and they're what brought a lot of fans to actually read the series. So I don't understand how people can say they were so terrible. In comparison to the last two movies, they 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 were not that great. Yeah, but, it's not it's not that Chris Columbus disregarded the plot so that he could establish the series. It's not like that at all. He he both established and went with it. Exactly. He he I mean, knew that what he was what he was making. Too. He had to set up. Guys, that's why I can't read the first book. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the first book, it's still, it's a book about an 11-year-old. And it's not childish. It's just an adult book about an 11-year-old. I I think that the uh, age of the actors did also play a role in it as well. I mean, they they were inexperienced actors, say. Right. Actors and actresses, I should say. And, you know, of course the movie isn't going to be the best because you have a brand new actor who's never acted before. I mean, they got lessons, but... What, hey you guys, know, speaking, of, speaking of, speaking uh, of, Katie Lung and, and Floor and all the, all the champions and everybody, they did good jobs. They did. Yeah. And especially, you know, I think, especially when Rita Skeeter went up to the four champions and she was taunting Floor and, you know, taunting Victor. And when Victor in the tent said that this is for uh, champions and, and friends only, I mean, that was a great line on his part. And they, they really, like... His only please. line. <laughs> I thought that was so cheesy. I thought so. No. I think it, it, it I, seemed to me like it was a line they made so he exactly. actually had a line in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> ben, you were here when I said that to that girl. That's exactly what I said. It's It sounds like a... Like oh here let's write let's write something real quick for Crumb so that it doesn't sound so he so he says at least one thing. Well, it it's does so show corny. that they. Really know I think he didn't say more shows, lines. Yeah, it shows that people are aware though of the media and, and how bad they are, and that the, you want the champions of each school to be aware of how the media can misconstrue what they say. And the other thing about this movie, which I loved, is. How they finally – Harry seems – they emphasize his age. They actually – they didn't just – I mean they didn't ignore the fact that he was getting older. In fact, they emphasized – they went all out saying that he was 14. And you know, Harry corrects Rita Skeeter three, four times saying 14, 14, 14 for his age, and she writes him in as 12. And if you notice, all the champions – uh, beside all the champions are taller than Harry, and the, the you know the Weasley twins are freaking huge. They're giants, so Harry looks small. And if you look at the goblet, well, that's natural though. That's it's, not. It might be natural, but chance. I think I thought it was also emphasized. They actually also made a point to make it seem like you know he was as young as he's supposed to be, which was fourteen, because mm-hmm. there was the lines, and then there was 
you, you know, just in, he, in general, Harry looks smaller in this movie compared to everybody else. Maybe he's just up against tall people. That could be it. But I Maybe really felt that Harry short. was 14 watching this. I, I just really felt that he was 14, and I thought that was a good job because it's not like the other movies where you kind of wonder what his age really is and what he's supposed to be playing. I thought this one they made it. I don't know. I don't know if I felt he was 14 because... I don't know, just, it seems so awkward because his voice is so deep, and it's, I don't know, some 14 It isn't deep, though. It's not as deep as yours, Ben. That's, that, that's oftentimes when the, when uh, an adolescent boy, when his voice changes when he's 14, 13, 14 in that range, and I don't know, Harry's voice started changing in the movies, Dan Eichler's voice started changing at the end of Sorcerer's yeah. Stone. So, well, Ben, do you so be, Ben, do you also want to complain about his abs then for the bathroom scene that most 14-year-old boys don't have abs? No, that's not true. It depends on... <laughs> I don't know why you're checking out Dan Radcliffe's abs. I wasn't, Ben. That's messed up. I yeah, wasn't checking is. out his abs. It's All disturbing. I'm saying is he had abs, and you, if you want to complain that he's you know, not really 14, then you might as well go the, the whole mile. What about Moaning Myrtle? I like that. What about Moaning Myrtle? <laughs> he's trying to change his subject right now. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm leaving. He called guys, him out, guys. can't explain it. <laughs> now that we've cleared up that Eric has a little crush on Dan, uh, what did you guys think of Michael Gambon as Dumbledore in this movie? I thought yeah, he was I have to angry. Apologize too. Yeah, we we already had this. Yeah. We've had this talk a million times, I need... but I re- I really liked him. Yeah, I, I s- still do. I still stand by what I say. I started that whole argument last time. <laughs> what was it episode the Halloween episode when I said that I didn't like Gambin, but I thought he did a much better job in this movie. Although that interview he gave in in Empire has gotten a lot of people hot because he seems like he knows absolutely nothing about the series. So what, yeah. though? Yeah. Well, I guess it does matter. <laughs> I don't know if he was being okay. sarcastic or, or what the deal I was. I doubt it. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, did you, in the premiere, before they started the movie, they had that woman going around with the uh, scenic games. She had no clue what, what she yeah. was talking about. Yeah, what was that woman doing? While you and Emerson were still on the red carpet, yeah. um, Kevin and I were already in the theater sitting there, and this this woman was going around with Harry Potter seen it games, and Handing she'd ask out. someone a question, yeah. and if you got it right, she, she but gave But she was giving game. everyone was... the answer to begin with, and she had no clue yeah. what she was talking about. She knew nothing about Harry Potter. You could tell. She knew absolutely nothing. So... <laughs> So, you know, it's not uncommon for the people who are playing in the movie or involved in the movie not to know about the books themselves. And sometimes it's better because it makes it so they don't, you know, skew the director's vision based on their own opinion of the character. Didn't Matt Lewis talk about how he looked into Order of the Phoenix for his role in in Goblet of Fire? He said that at the live podcast. Yeah, so I mean, not... I think it is a good idea to know a little bit about your character. No, you have to. But Gambin just came across as such a... I don't know. The comments about his interview, there was like 400 of them. <laughs> it was it was not good. People were asking for other people to... Or another actor to take on the role. Oh, please. Uh, yeah, I know. I but... still like him. Yeah, just because he doesn't know about the series doesn't mean he does doesn't do a good job... In playing the part, you know. What's more important, knowing knowing about acting or knowing your character in Harry Potter? <laughs> Actually, that's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> well, so long as yeah. see, I think it's knowing about acting. So long as he portrays the know. character correctly, it really doesn't matter if he knows about him or not. I mean, yeah. I think that that shows a, you know, director. That's Mike's, um, you know, influence because obviously he got the knowledge from somewhere. I bet you. You know, the director. I just think he needs a Valium every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) He got a little too crazy in the trophy room. Yeah, I think so, too. So, so overall, we all agree that the movie was was pretty sweet. It it could have been done better, but... Well, actually, I I don't know. I don't think so. I think he did probably did job. The best job within his capabilities, unless he wanted to spend a million more dollars on it. So, I think the movie was awesome. 
it had its flaws, but every movie does, and once you start analyzing it this much, it's always <laughs> easy to find a problem with it. Okay, so with all that in mind, I hope you everyone has enjoyed this podcast. Oh, before we conclude, <laughs> uh, how can you forget? Andrew, do you have an announcement about some? Did you just call me Drew? To take? <laughs> Is it Andrew? Oh, the Ann got cut off. Um, yeah. So in order to, um, you know, make it easier on us and our lives, and you know, just get a better feel for the show, um, we decided we're gonna um, quit. Yep. We're but all seriously, <laughs> um, guys, we need to take a break one of these weeks to recoup. Yeah, maybe next week we'll Re- take a break. Rehash, re-everything. Rehash. Well, you guys wanted to this week, and I was like, no dudes. But anyway, um, you might notice on MuggleCast.com, there is a new link there in the listener to-do list that says, take our listener survey. And by taking this listener survey, it's about, it'll take you five to ten minutes, depending on how long it takes you to type or whatever. It basically asks you some questions so we can get a better feel for you guys, the listeners, our, our demographics, because we need some Dems. we got to dem, dem it up here. We do have to Dem so it up. So if anyone... So p- please take these. Please take the listener survey. It's really going to help us out. It's easy. It Just take a few minutes of your time, because we really need to start getting a feel for what who listens to the show, what types of people, because we need these in order to keep growing the show. It's It's actually really... Really important. important. It really to us. is, yeah. So, just it's number one right there on that list. MuggleCast.com. Right next to that nice GoDaddy ad, it says, "Take our listener survey to help the show." Click it. Press listener survey. Start now. And then it'll start asking you a few questions. It goes to a separate website. Just fill out their basic generic questions. So that's it. Thanks, guys. It's really going to help. It's it's uh, maintained by PodTrack, which is a new company that helps podcasters grow For, yeah. their podcast. Grow so. their podcast. <laughs> helps their podcast Step one, grow. add water. <laughs> okay, Hooked well, on I think that wraps up episode. <laughs> funny, funny, guys, funny. Are you going to spy I think that wraps up this episode. No? Oh, spy oh crap, we forgot um, this. Yes. Yeah, let's do Finally. some regular segments here. Finally. Finally. Um, let me. I am Emerson. I'm pretty sure he's been idle all day. No, I he's can. Idle. He's, yeah. I can bet you exactly where he is. He's watching. The there you go. Game. Wait, is Ivan been what? <laughs> They've had it on the TV, but I actually haven't. Been they're winning, and they're What's most the likely Micah? going to be. The score is 34 to three Notre Dame. So yeah. I'm getting over here. Ooh. He's going yeah. to be. Michael, weren't you cheering on Syracuse? I I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the fact that we have one win this year has something to do with it. I don't know. Oh, (laughs) I bet. How many games is that? Well, how many losses? We'll go to one and nine on the season. Oh my! Oh, Uh, that hurts. That does hurt. No more football fun next year. (laughs) One and nine. Ouch. Okay, well, I think that does wrap up this episode 16 of MuggleCast. I hope you've all enjoyed it once again. Oh, wait, wait, go, wait, 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 Kevin, are you doing something with this book reading we, segment? We will things? be. We will be. We're working on it. We've gotten hundreds okay. upon hundreds yeah. of recommendations. Okay, we'll mention that some so, Yeah, we'll worry about No, that. we just need to update people on what's going on. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. Yeah, okay. we're, we're working on okay, it. But before we, okay, before we close the show, I think, I think um, Kevin has something to say about our book recommendations. Kevin. Wait. Um, yeah, for all those who are wondering, um, we have gotten quite a few, well, more than a few recommendations. So we're working on sorting them out, seeing which ones we're going to read first, and then we'll, you know, we'll review them. Hopefully it will be by next episode. So, good times. Sounds good <laughs> yes, to me. Yes, hundreds. <laughs> oh, and Andrew, do we have a listener challenge this week? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. I have a challenge. Go out and see Goblin yes. Fire. Yeah. There's your listener challenge ah, this that's week. That's corny. And, and, and while you're in the theater... 
Yeah, you should do Oh, oh, oh. Tell okay. Never mind. I have, I have uh, a new oh, listener challenge. We have one. Uh, okay, here's what... Guys, here's what challenge. you have to do. Okay? Okay, we can't... You... T- okay. Turn up Turn up your headphones, because I don't want many people hearing. But everyone has to bring a camera into the movie theater. Not bootleg the movie, but I want you to bring your friend to the movie theater with a camera. And right when the movie's starting, just yell really loud. Well, see, people have already seen it, but... Just yell really loud. I li- no. Hmm, what should they say? <laughs> Listen to Mongo Caster die. <laughs> okay, I think they'll be arrested. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, if you okay, say fine. that, just they're say going to be- really loud before the movie says. Just yell. Listen to Mongo Cast. Okay. All right. Sounds good. To okay. Me. Good. Sure. Okay, okay, and good. don't and please ignore the part about the camera. We don't want to get you thrown. No, in jail. do it because we have to have proof. You're not going to get <laughs> thrown in jail. Have proof, guys. Don't worry about it. No, no. He, no here's a better idea. Sneak I'm it modifying in. A, no, I modify Andrew's listener challenge. I want you to take a video of you outside the theater, yelling, "I listen to Mugglecast." There. And then take your camera inside. <laughs> no, they're not no. going to get arrested. The worst thing that happens, you can get kicked out. Please, you won't get caught. <laughs> okay. Guys, I'll get you a lawyer if you get thrown in court or something. <laughs> okay, so I think that finally wraps up episode 16 of MuggleCast. Everybody, hope it's been fun. I sure have had fun. We've had a nice insight about the movie. Next week, we would like to answer some questions you, that you have about the movie, so please send those to voice at staff.mugglet.com. For other ways to contact us, please visit... MuggleCast.com or MuggleNet.com slash MuggleCast and you'll see a link that says contact us and that's pretty much it. And also, um, stick, um, we want to hear what you guys thought about the movie just not besides questions. We Comments. Like, yeah. send us, send us, yeah, little comments. Keep them under, I'd say a minute and we'll stick them in at the end of the show. Send those to voice at staff.mugglenet.com too. Thanks Record a lot. Your voice. <laughs> it has to be a voice recording. <laughs> Okay. Well, thanks to everybody for listening to us once again. Hope this has been enjoyable. And we'll see you all next week. I'm Ben Shane. I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Kevin Steck. (laughs) Bye. I'm Eric Skull. See you, everybody. And I'm Micah Tannenbaum. So, everybody, we'll see you all next week. Or will we? Good night, everybody. (laughs)